You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 374. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Annika Harrison and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Hallo! Hey, Sanesan! How are you guys? Ooh. Not Good. bad, thank you. Back from Malaysia and Singapore. Yeah. How are you? Very well, very well. I am looking forward to this Friday. The Friday when this show goes out, I will be in Stockholm talking to what is called the Senior University of Solna. Mm. You're not that old. Sorry, I'm not. No, no, I'm talking to them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not enlisting. <laughs> No, so it's not a university per se. It's a um, non-NGO organization that mm -hmm. you could sign up to if you have. Uh, if you, I think you need to be above sixty or so, and you you have spare time and you get to hear speakers and uh, learn more about stuff. And they have invited me to talk to them. Awesome! So that'll be at noon on Friday. That's oh, really amazing. cool. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, good. Amazing. I have a I have a talk that I call "Nothing is True," <laughs> and and in the sense that if people are telling you that they are coming with the truth, they're probably selling you something mm -hmm. or trying to convert you to a religion. Okay, so it's not about you taking away the grounds from anyone if they they want to find their place in the world. So that's nothing is true. Just uh, <laughs> nothing. Do not rely exist. on anything. There no, is nothing actually, you can I, I rely do, on. I, I sort of do that. Andrush. In the beginning, in the first half nice. of the talk, I'm telling people that they cannot trust anything that they see, hear, or remember, and they cannot trust what other people are telling them either, and then. When they are very depressed in the middle of the talk, I'll, I'll try to build them up again. Yes, nothing is okay. true in that sense, but there is help. <laughs> you can. There are tricks and tips and ways of thinking that can help you overcome those problems. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? Oh, let, let me tell you about something that we had last night as of this recording. It was uh, the Skeptical Club, of the monthly Skeptical Club that we had. In and Hungary. This time we, in Hungary. And yeah. this was a very special talk about fakes in uh, um, paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how very famous painters can be faked with very high precision, but uh, when you invite science and scientific methods to analyze the pictures, you can actually find out, for example, based on, on uh, what uh, pigments are used, you can actually give uh, very, well, not very accurate, but within decades, you can give the actual age of the picture. Mm which is absolutely amazing. And the talk was really great. It's, it's something that doesn't really occur to us, um, not even skeptics, that this is a thing. This is a big thing, pr pr producing fakes in, in arts. And um, yeah, I'm sure it's very profitable if you can get away with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we, we heard a, a, a lot of very good stuff. I have a Rembrandt over here somewhere. I will, I will show you later. I'll sell it to you later. Yeah. <laughs> sell it to me. Uh, good thing I'm not, I'm not very interested in Rembrandt. So uh, you're not uh, going to scam me. <laughs> <laughs> good. Lots of skeptical activism going on. How about Skepcon, Annika? You yeah. want to remind us about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This will be so exciting. I'm already... Uh, Scratching my hooves, <laughs> as we oh, say really? in German. <laughs> so, 
that means I'm just really excited. There will be a lot of amazing people there too. It will be in Frankfurt. For example, um, Janusz Hegedus will be there, the one that Andras always asks if he's Hungarian. <laughs> and, and and I will make he? I will make sure to ask him at Skepcon <laughs> if <Okay>. he's Hungarian. <laughs> yes, so. and yeah, Lydia Benecke will be there. Amadeus Dama will be there. It will just be a, a cool thing, I think. And um, there are still tickets. So yeah. when are the dates? The dates are on the 18th of May until the 20th of May. Okay, so it's, it's coming the, up soon. The Christi Himmelfahrt weekend. <laughs> oh, we say oh, that we ex choose. almost exactly in Swedish. <laughs> Christi Himmelsfahrt. Yeah, 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 because it's okay. the same thing, right? <laughs> okay, guys, are you feeling excluded? Me. excluded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that me means the day when Jesus went back to heaven after after the resurrection. It stuck around for a while. What erection? No, <laughs> resurrection. Ah, focus, okay. focus. <laughs> resurrection. And oh, amazing, he, he, an amazing holiday called Christ's erection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better than most of the others, I would imagine. Good. No, so yeah, it's that. Is that? That's the weekend. It's Wonderful. still a holiday in Sweden now. Yeah, in Germany Go too. Figure. That's why it's usually uh, like Skepcon is usually on that weekend because it gives us a ah. a free Thursday <laughs> basically. Mm, yes, and you can take the Friday off, and then you have yeah. a four-day weekend. Yeah, yeah, but 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 um, we have a lot of other things to talk about mm -hmm. in a, a slightly more structured way. We tend to have <laughs> segments on the show, and uh, yeah, why don't we crack on with those? And the first one that we usually start with is something that we call Twish, also known as This Week in Skeptical History. Yeah, and this week marks the 89th anniversary of uh, the publication of a photograph that basically changed the way that people think about Scotland and is very specific part of Scotland, which is Loch Ness. Ah. Uh, you probably know that what I'm trying to refer to here, and that is the surgeon's photograph. And the surgeon being a certain colonel, Robert Wilson, who came up with a picture that was supposed to have been taken by him on the 19th of April, 1934. The story went that he had been driving along the northern shore of uh, Loch Ness, which is uh, it's a very long lake. It's the largest lake in Scotland. It's beautiful, wonderful scenery. And since 1933, there was a road on the northern shores of Loch Ness. So that basically helped um, tourism in the area a little bit taking off somewhat but also traffic was getting more and more intense as uh, it was becoming more and more popular as a destination really wonderful i recommend everyone to go there but there was some kind of craze going on but it had been going on for decades well not on decades it was already centuries by then the first loch ness monster sighting was supposed to uh, have happened around 565 by uh, saint columba yeah over the centuries it became somewhat less of a um, center of interest however Someone in 1933 reported a sighting, but there was no photograph taken. So when the Daily Mail decided to run with the story, they sent off someone who was a well-known big game hunter and film director and producer and, and all that, also an actor, to go up there and investigate the situation. That guy was called Marmaduke Arundel Duke Wetherill. What? Is that <laughs> true? <laughs> 
yeah, quite yeah, a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So he was <laughs> he, named Duke. Uh, was a bit of a, a nickname based on his uh, ah. his first name, Marmaduke. So he was well respected person. But when he reported that he found footprints, obviously the Daily Mail back then it was well. I suppose the Daily Mail was a bit more thorough in their investigations, as it seems. So they asked people from the Natural History Museum to investigate the footprints. And then it turned out to be a hippopotamus um, footprint. So it wasn't really uh, the, the famous Loch Ness Monster. So it became quite a big hit and the Daily Mail ridiculed Marmaduke Wetherill. So he got angry. He developed this very strong urge to take revenge. As it happens, he did find a way to do that by uh, providing a hoax, uh, putting together a very, very elaborate hoax. And that was based on a toy submarine of sorts. On top of that, they mounted a small statue that looked like the head of a serpent of of sort Mm -hmm. that was poking out of the water. And as it was moving on the water, obviously, it generated a couple of ripples on the surface. And the photograph, a couple of photographs were taken, but only one was used and given to a friend of his uh, by the name Colonel Robert Wilson. He was a a surgeon. He was um, from London, but he decided to go for as was reported later, a good practical joke. He approached the Daily Mail, he sent a photograph to the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail ate it all up, and uh, published it as the best evidence of the existence of the Loch Ness Monster at the time. It wasn't known that it was actually a hoax until further analyses started to pop up in 1975. And by the 1990s, it became completely obvious that it was fake. And what's not very well known is that the photographs that was published all over the world, republished, I mean, was a cropped picture of the original. Because when when you see the original, you actually see the other end of the lake. So the, the opposite shore of the lake, which gives you an idea of how small that object is. And it's definitely not as big as you would think looking at the famous surgeon's photograph. Yeah, and since then, a lot of other pieces of information were unearthed. The most important was that there was a certain guy by the name Christian Sperling who was involved in this elaborate hoax. And before his death at the age of 90, he confessed that he was the one creating the toy submarine and a mounted uh, statue on top of it. His stepfather was Wetherill. So his involvement was because of his, him being related to Wetherill, who wanted to take revenge on the Daily Mail. He even said that that Wetherill had repeatedly say that we'll give them their monster. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the second time in a row within a year from from each other that the Daily Mail really lived up to its current nickname, the Daily Fail. <laughs> so uh, they really took it in twice within a year and they really got fooled. And the 19th of April marks the the 89th anniversary of the photograph being taken. Well, supposedly. The first publication of that photograph took place on the 21st of April, 1934. That's the story of the surgeon's photo. 
Very famous picture. I think everybody has seen it. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But not the original. The ah. original is very seldom published. It, it really gives you a different point of view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, v- very cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. We need to find out if Pontus has something to poke the Pope for. Yes. If you have been listening for to this podcast as long as I have, you may remember Gabriele Amorth. He was the chief exorcist of the Vatican. Oh, yeah. in the, he was yeah. appointed in the 80s and he founded something called the International Association of Exorcists. And he was its president until his retirement in 2000. He died in 2016 at the age of 91. And I think that's when we mentioned him on the show the last time. He was quite a character, and naturally he fully believed in exorcism, which is, of course, a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, we haven't talked about it for a while, but we have reported in the past about how people are getting abused physically and or mentally. And all of it is, of course, sanctioned by the church, by people like Amorth, but also by the Pope himself. Mm-hmm. So this can happen to people who are just victims of bullying or who are in need of mental help and people around doesn't know what's going on. And instead of helping them, they get beaten and mistreated by so-called exorcists in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's drive that demon out. Amorth himself claimed to have conducted more than 160,000 exorcisms. And... How? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does one Most before of them he, remotely, I guess. Or every time he brushes his teeth, he thinks about something and then a demon is exercised. I, I, I have, don't know. I don't know how wow. that's possible, even if it was a thing that you could do. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, he should have gone to jail for that. But uh, that's not what's happening when you're appointed by the Pope. Appointed not by the current Pope, of course. Uh, it was John Paul II. Now, the news is that last Friday, on the 14th of April, a big Hollywood production was released based on Gabriele Amorth's life. It is called The Pope's Exorcist, and it stars Russell Crowe, and uh, it's a work of fiction, I should say, and probably not very good. It's got uh, 6.1 points on IMDb, or 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, yeah, I don't believe it's very good. What Frankie is thinking about this movie, we don't know, but the Vatican is not happy about this. The International Association of Exorcists, that I mentioned before, Amorth's old creation, has harshly condemned the movie. And in a press release, they said that the film's plot promotes unacceptable doubt to the public as to who, quote, the real enemy is, the devil or ecclesiastical power, end quote. So it appears that in the movie, obviously I haven't had time to see it yet, it appears that in the movie Gabriele Amorth not only is fighting devils and demons, real ones, in the movie, but also he's fighting dark forces within the church itself. And that is what is not popular with the Vatican. They're fine with real demons because they believe in those. But don't point to the church and say that they are bad guys as well. One quote from this statement by this organization is, quote, The end result is to instill the conviction that exorcism is an abnormal, monstrous and frightening phenomenon, end quote. I fail to see how that's not accurate. <laughs> that, exa- <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it is. So, Well done, Russell Crowe. <laughs> 
But of course, the movie seems to paint both the devil and the church as the bad guys. But it paints Gabriele Amorth as the good guy. He's the hero in the film. And uh, that misses the mark quite a lot, since Amorth is part of the church, of course. And he was acting on behalf of the church, not in opposition mm. of it. I think I've said this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. It is a scandal that exorcism isn't illegal. How are you allowed to abuse people like that in the name of religion? That's totally bizarre. And uh, whether or not this movie is a good one, it's a good reminder that uh, the church is still doing that. They are training exorcists in the Vatican. There are, you can go to school there and become a registered exorcist. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. Stop that, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to continue somewhat with the silly things that the Vatican does, we are moving on to the news. I'd like to mention something uh, that happened a couple of days ago when on the 15th of April at the PAMI headquarters, the PAMI being the Pontifical International Marian Academy, has held the first meeting of a new observatory that was created by the Vatican to study the apparitions of the Virgin Mary. Oh, good. How important it is. <laughs> um, it must be. Uh well, we built a new observatory for it, so... <laughs> Very neglected topic, yeah. Yes, it is. So I really like the fact that the Vatican is trying to move to a territory where they look very thorough in their investigations and they look like they are conducting scientific studies of things that are happening within the church. But this is this is just is still the same nonsense that, that has been done by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith for centuries. Yeah. So so, but it's, um, it's tooth fairy science. It is. <laughs> exactly. You, you exactly. study something that doesn't exist, but you do it all all by the book and you keep records and you try to be, but it's still, yeah. still not there. The mental image I have in my brain, if you say observatory to investigate these apparitions, is that, I, that they have like a huge telescope that they're putting ah. on all these churches. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the apparitions yeah, are it's... on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the lunar apparitions. Um... Oh, I know these apparitions all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yes and by the way the pontifical international marian academy is operating under the jurisdiction of the congregation for the doctrine of the faith so it's it's basically part of the inquisition it's it's ridiculous and now i really want to know why this happened the president of parmi the academy friar stefano Cecchin. Nice name, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's checking in from time to time. But <laughs> Stefano Checkin says that, and I quote, the objective we propose is to offer concrete support for the study, authentication and cor correct diffusion of these facts, always in harmony with the ecclesiastical magisterium, the com competent authorities and the current regulations of the Holy See on the matter. End quote. Yeah, saying nothing. <laughs> and it doesn't have any scientific basis. So as Porto said earlier, just stop this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I can tell you this next item is very much related to this activity because in Treviano Romano, I guess it's called, called it's a small town, about 6,000 people by the lake of Bracciano, just north of Rome, there mm -hmm. is... A 53-year-old woman called Gisella Cardia. She's originally from Sicily. She has a statue of the Madonna, of the Virgin Mary. 
And she says that it's bleeding from the eyes. This is not an old artifact she's found. This is something she bought on a vacation trip in 2016. And uh, Kardia claims that the statue has provided her with revelations ever since. Mm. So every third of every month, lots of people gather in an open field of the town to pray the rosary. We know these beads that you, you count to, to not get sidetracked. You have to remember exactly how many Hail Marys you have. And they venerate the statue, they make confessions, they hear the latest revelations. And it's not just locals, people are traveling from all over the country to be part of this. What's driven the story into the front pages lately are no fewer than four different developments or interrelated developments. First, there is a private investigator who was contacted by local people who was, well, they are apparently skeptical of the whole thing. And he had a meeting with the Carabinieri, which mm -hmm. is the Italian military police, on 4th of April. So that was been the day after the last revelation then. And on this meeting, he reportedly presented evidence to suggest that the liquid on the statue is actually pig's blood. Who would have thought? Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Surprising. <laughs> <seems> to, <laughs> wow. Yeah, may, maybe it's not <laughs> bleeding after all. Or Mary is uh, a, pig, a, a yes. little bit different from what we <laughs> think her to be. Yeah. There seems to be an earlier investigation too in 2020 that claimed that the blood found on the statue at that point was a genetic match to Cardia's own blood. I think that's a little bit suspicious though, because I wonder if uh, they really made a DNA test of that and if Cardia was kind enough to donate part of her blood to for them to make that so I don't know but there are reports from the past that they have found that it's her blood or at least not genuine Virgin Mary blood hmm. that's the first thing the second thing is that there's a video of Cardia that has come to light lately where she discusses supernatural phenomena and in there she claims that she on one occasion found herself needing to feed 15 people with only a few leftovers. Does it sound familiar? Mm. So, like Jesus... Well, Jesus had fishes and bread, right? Cardia uh, didn't have that. She had leftovers from the previous day. She had had a lunch of gnocchi and rabbit. And she said that when she started serving the reheated leftovers, the amount never diminished on from the pot or whatever, no matter how much she dished up. Ooh. I think that's actually a testable claim, because if that is true, it, it never finished, then there should still be some left, right? And she could show that. Yeah. Never mind, never mind, don't apply logic to this. So anyway, <laughs> this has been known now as the, quote, miracle of the gnocchi, end quote. <laughs> and it's been, <laughs> become quite a, a sensation. <laughs> Yeah, I love so me amazing. some gnocchi, holy or not. Miracolo dei gnocchi. I like that. The miracle like of that. the gnocchi. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about having a catchy soundbite, right? Mm. But I hear that there is a new observatory in the Vatican that, that is supposed to be investigating <laughs> things like this. Dedicated to gnocchi observations, yes. <laughs> 
I happily volunteer to do <laughs> Nokia observations, especially if they are, yeah. they are pr- pr- produced well. You get extra points if you manage to finish that pot of gnocchi because it constantly <laughs> fills up, right? So you'll be very <laughs> full indeed. No, I wouldn't do that. Okay. I, fa- I finally managed to lose a little bit of weight. I'm not going to do that. Okay, all right. <laughs> There's a third thing, uh, media reports that suggest that preliminary findings for another investigation done by the Diocese of Civita Castellana, Mm. so I don't know if that's related to your organization or if this is an independent thing, but it's an investigation not by the Carabinieri, but by the church. Mm. So maybe there are competing investigations within the church as well. Anyway, this investigation is now rumored to come out negative, meaning that there's nothing supernatural about the statue. And the commission for this diocese is composed of a theologian, a Mariologist, I guess an expert on Virgin Mary, a psychologist and a normal lawyer or secular lawyer. So the full thing that is happening is that one Roman newspaper has claimed that as part of the investigation Undercover priests wearing layman clothes joined the crowd now on April the 3rd to try to understand what's going on. So we have a bleeding statue, miracle gnocchi, undercover priests trying to uncover the truth. What more can you ask for as your holy entertainment? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'd, I'd like to give one recommendation to the investigators of all these claims. Try to be skeptical. That would be a great thing if you actually realized that uh, what you're trying to investigate is a non-existent phenomenon or that, it, that it, it doesn't hold any kind of miraculous parts because it's just something that is probably a hoax that you need to find out about. And uh, imagine if it was like Edzard Ernst or Natalie Grams finding out the truth because they started investigating the topic that they were talking about very thoroughly and skeptically. And mm. all the evidence led them to the conclusion that, well, basically, this is something that I have been believing in for decades. But now, um, yeah, that would be great to see in the church. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Gramm still has a podcast. I don't know if you know that, but big recommendation on my part. Uh, if you're German speaking, <laughs> listen to her podcast. But if you're English speaking, also listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she talked with Udo Endrescheid, who has been very hard working in the last few months and also wrote Skeptica articles about the same topic that he talked about with Natalie Grams in Grams Sprechstunde. And that was acupuncture, which they um, call the new homeopathy. <laughs> mm. Ah, as we needed a new one. Huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, like, of course acupuncture is not like it, it doesn't equal to homeopathy it's not the same thing but it seems to become more and more popular and that's why uh, they're talking about that and it's something that also medical doctors prescribe it all comes down to one study <laughs> namely one <laughs> that supposedly found an effective healing measure and it's also 20 years old so, shall I repeat that one study? <laughs> <laughs> a study being 20 years old, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has no, to no, be No, no, no. Yeah, I think like th- things so are still it, valid uh, still after 20 valid, years, of course. But if it wasn't mm. valid in the first place, yes. then <laughs> well, if there's only been one in, in 20 years, then... Mm. Yeah, that's a good sign. Of that's course, a good sign. like, yeah, it just, it just means there's only... 
one thing, one that can prove, quote-unquote, that it's working. And yeah, in Germany, insurances are even covering acupuncture for some things like chronic pain uh, in your back or in your knee. Where they're not covering it is, for example, fertility stuff or to ripen your cervix uh, to induce labor <laughs> if you're a pregnant person. So that's, that is done, yes. Uh, not on your cervix, Pontus. I saw your face there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not, not my cervix. <laughs> not People are not your getting cervix close anyways, to that one. But, no. but that is actually something I will talk about on Skepcon. <laughs> not acupuncture, but how to not induce labor naturally uh, by acupuncture on your feet. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but coming back to the articles by Udo Endlerscheid, I can just recommend them and I can also recommend this podcast episode of Grams Sprechstunde. Very good. I'll study some German and I'll yes, stop yes. listening. Pontus, there's only one thing you can do and that's study German. <laughs> <laughs> and if you happen to understand Hungarian <laughs> or speak it as well, then uh, you would enjoy what's coming in the next couple of days because on the 22nd of April... On Earth Day, we will give out the third Flat Earth Award. Um, Is it a pancake? No, it's not. Ah, it should have been. <laughs> yeah, it has somewhat the shape of a pancake. Good. But it's not. It's not one. <laughs> um, and uh, at the beginning of this week, uh, we released the, the list of finalists five of them namely and interestingly this way this year there are lots of doctors four out of the five holds a doctorate so which is very interesting and very new in the list of finalists uh, for for the flat earth awards so just to remind our listeners the flat earth awards is to people who have done the most in terms of uh, breaking down trust towards science in society by propagating pseudoscience, by peddling nonsense in certain scientific fields or just uh, propagating conspiracy theories and, and all that. Now, we have uh, four out of the five holding a doctorate, as I said. One of them is uh, Professor Emu Kebogdi, who's a clinical psychologist, and she is, well, she is still holding very outdated, scientifically outdated positions on sexual development and gender roles. Well, in the last couple of years, she shifted towards the very frequent use of quantum nonsense. Like, she is mixing psychology with the quantum mumbo-jumbo, and uh, it's ridiculous to listen to her. And she's a very respected, very famous psychologist of the country. She's been for decades. She's quite old now. Yeah, she's um, she could be one of them. But an economist uh, could be one of them who gets this year's Flat Earth Awards because as a layman, he provides predictions uh, for all kinds of things that don't make any sense whatsoever, but he still tries to come out as some kind of authority. Yeah, Ridiculous. Gabor Mate, the third on the list, I have mentioned already on this show because he's spreading the terrible misconceptions by exaggerating the correlations between mental trauma and cancer. And he tries to portray this as a scientific theory, but it's, it's not really substantiated with evidence. But he doesn't care about that. And he puts the, the image in people's heads that they are basically causing their own cancer by not dealing with the mental traumas in their lives. 
So Terrible. classical case of blaming the victim, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as we already o- also know, he, he he has regularly and seriously violated some rules of medical ethics. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't do that. And uh, we have another professor who's a biochemist and uh, she is peddling very pseudoscientific uh, views in terms of GMOs, in terms of the virus, uh, especially SARS-CoV-2. Now she is a spreader of conspiracy theories, which is ridiculous because if you put next to that the fact that you are a biochemist, that will give a lot of credence to the words that you say, even though whatever you say doesn't make any sense. And the fifth one is the only person who doesn't have any kind of scientific background, and that is uh, Bola Shebestie, who's a media personality with probably the currently the largest reach and with so many ears listening to what you say, it's your responsibility not to peddle pseudoscience and uh, conspiracy theories, but he does. And he doesn't provide correct information. He tries to come across as the guy asking the questions, but he still has an agenda every single time that he speaks about things like the blowing up of uh, the, the gas pipes. He suggests that it was done by the Americans with no evidence whatsoever. And uh, he's battling pseudoscience regarding the health effects of meditations. Well, no, I'm not I'm not going into much much detail about that. <laughs> but we'll see on Saturday, the 22nd of April, mm-hmm. who gets out of these five, who will be the mm-hmm. one getting uh, the Hungarian Skeptic Society's Flat Earth Awards. Exciting stuff. Yeah. So you will yeah. have to keep us updated. Uh, and only one of them was named Gabor. I'm shocked. <laughs> fake news, fake news. <laughs> fake news. Your theory of all males uh, being called Gabor in Hungary might be wrong. Could be. Just could a, be. Just a I'm hint, still, just I'm a still hint. testing that hypothesis. <laughs> hypothesis. <laughs> hypothesis. Yes, and I want to talk about um, Heilpraktika again, and why uh, you might wonder wonder why are you talking about Heilpraktika, which is healing practitioner, again, dear Annika, uh, you've been talking about that so often. Well, there's a new article out, who are pretty pretty positive about um, healing with a pendulum and healing with dowsing material. <laughs> Wow. So maybe there's some new science here that we have uh, missed before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it works. I'm skeptical. New forces (laughs) of nature, probably. Mm. I'm skeptical, as I should be. I mean, this magazine uh, that published this article, they are from a Heilpraktiker school. So (laughs) it shouldn't surprise me. They could be biased, yeah. Yeah, just a tiny bit, you know, a tiny bit. The thing is, it is not harmless. It's actually life-threatening if, for example, and that happened, you use a pendulum to find out why someone's um, chest is inflamed, and then your pendulum tells you it's mastitis, but it actually is cancer. And that happened, that oh. a person that was sick got co- got told, oh, it's, it's just mastitis, just take some painkillers, have, have an eye on it if you get a fever, go to hospital. No, they probably didn't even t- say that. But yeah, that was cancer and, and she died. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's only anecdotal, of course. That's only one case I can tell you about. But you can just see how dangerous that can be if, if you think your pendulum is better than someone who studied a medicine for almost a decade. 
Mm. And yeah. then you might be wondering, why do they think that actually, like a pendulum actually works? And they think there's an energy in your body that the pendulum, like, picks up on. Yeah, yeah. picks up on. But it actually is, and, and I think most skeptics know that, it's actually ideomotoric effects. Your your muscles sometimes twitch because you're a bit, you're, you're having thoughts, you're just moving your, your person, you're breathing, and that, all that can um, move the pendulum. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, subconsciously, yeah. you move it, even if you think you hold the pendulum yes, still, uh, exactly. you move it in the direction that you suspect from the beginning. So your yeah. preconceived notions play into this so you can do that with your mind but you don't do it consciously <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but one thing and that's something that Ben Harder picked up on in his give you blog is that a dowsing project actually led to the um, foundation or formation of give you in 1987 <laughs> so Ooh. it's mostly harmful and life-threatening but in this case a bit of woo actually led to a cool organization <laughs> that's good it's good all right some episodes ago i'm not exactly sure which one but i believe i made an offhand remark that we don't have censuses in sweden is that the plural censuses one census many sensei I, I don't know you know what i oh, mean so Oh, that's that's another expression from uh, karate. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. So censuses. Let's go with censuses. We don't have that in Sweden, I said, and I hadn't really checked it, but it was based on my own experience of not remembering that I have ever had to take part in a census. Uh, I've also mentioned before that Sweden is very, pretty proud of the quality of the statistics it keeps about the population, and so a census is sort of uh, kept all the time with every citizen being registered left right and center where they live how much taxes they pay and when people are born moving or when they die etc you can have exp you, you can have an opinion about if it's good to keep track of every citizen like that but the bottom line is we don't need a census in sweden imagine my surprise when last week i read in the news that sweden would now have a complete census was i wrong before or what's going on so this now turns into another Pontus Pokes the Politicians item, because this is the brainchild of the Sweden Democrats. And as I've as explained before, they are not officially in power, but the right-wing government is at the mercy of SD, as they are known, and how they are voting in Parliament. So SD wants to go house to house all over the country to find all the thousands and thousands of nasty foreign people who are in their minds secretly infiltrating our homeland to transform it into a Muslim Sharia Ayatollah-led slave state. I'm sure that they exactly think like that. But it turns out not only are Sweden Democrats wrong, the reporting of this so-called census is wrong too. The politicians are calling it a quote-unquote census and making a big hullabaloo about it, but that's only a populistic smokescreen. What it really is, is that the tax authorities have been given an extra budget to carry out more controls to check that people are really living where they are registered. And the, the, these are checks that are happening all the time anyway. Because there, there may be reasons sometimes to lie about where you're living for tax reasons and things like that. And now they will do that a little bit more. And the Sweden Democrats can sell this to their voters by saying that they have now forced the government to track down illegal immigrants through a massive census. But it's, it's not what it is. 
There's no new census happening in Sweden, regardless of what you may read in the papers. Just a little more resources to do checks of the type that we have all the time. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Sweden Democrats can really bring about changes that we don't want to see. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. All right, so... We know they are wrong, but uh, I'm pretty sure that we have a candidate for our weekly award that is called Really Wrong. So, who's been really wrong lately? Yes, of course we have someone for that. I'm a bit sorry that I have been a bit woo, alternative medicine and German uh, speaking heavy, but um, this segment is not an exception to that. Mm-hmm. What happened was that Austrian doctors found a notice in their mailbox inviting them to an event, and that is, and I quote, a course on complementary medical homeopathy for post and long COVID. Ooh. And now you will think, why is that wrong? What's the deal? What's the dealio? Um, Well, there (laughs) is no effect of homeopathy on long or post-COVID because homeopathy doesn't work beyond placebo effect. Edzard Ernst gave us pretty funny examples of other things that are as valid as the aforementioned course, which would be like bungee jumping for diabetes donut eating for coronary heart disease, or even cigarette smoking in cancer prevention. So I don't want to like bang the drum for too long. Um, but what I can say is that a medical association that is inviting to a postgraduate training course on complementary homeopathy definitely deserves this week's prize for being really wrong. Don't you agree? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So yeah. complementary medicine is just a buzzword. It sounds good. Yes. You complement your you you add on to normal real medicine. You add extra stuff on. But if you're adding just nonsense to it, it's just confusing and it's misleading and it is a waste of resources and uh, possibly even worse. Yeah. It's just like uh, yes. Smarties on top of a cake, you know. <laughs> No, nothing not wrong even with that. Smarties, right? Not even yeah, that. that yeah, they're yeah, complementing the cake, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are, but they are actually adding something That's to true. it. Yes. Yeah. Homeopathy doesn't really... So I think we all agree that the Vienna Medical Association really dropped the ball in that one, and for that, they received this week's prize for being really wrong. Yep. Well deserved. That concludes our show, but before we go, as usual, we need a quote. Yes, this week's quote is very short, very sweet. (laughs) It's by French physicist, biochemist, and also one of the founders of medical microbiology. And I'm, of course, talking about Louis Pasteur, who was born in 1822 and died 1895. And the quote is, fortune favors the prepared mind, end quote. Hmm. Okay, it's good. I feel the urge to say after this, discuss. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on what you're prepared for or what you think yeah. you're prepared for. If you're prepared to believe in uh, angels, then uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I like it because you can be like, yeah, yeah, that's true. But it also makes you think. This quote is so good because you're like, hmm, 
doesn't that say that biases are good? (laughs) 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 And that's why this this quote is such a good skeptical quote, because it makes you skeptical. (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, I'd like to thank both of you, Annika and Pontus, for today's show. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And I'd like to thank our listeners as well for tuning in. Please keep doing so. And until next week, goodbye. Tschüss. Hello. Wislat. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Well, <clears throat> I- I'm sure he was erect most of the time. Yeah. When he was he was giving uh sorry. Okay. <laughs> giving his sermons. <laughs> All right. So uh yeah. Oh, we have Luna. Luna. Hello Hi, Luna. Ja, der andere ist in Ungarn und der Pontus Sweden. Genau, in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Sweden. Sweden. Wow, fantastic. <laughs> Gehst du zum Daddy, Schatz? Sagst du tschüss? Tschüss. Ja, winkst du? Sag mal. Tschüss. Nee, nicht dem Daddy, da immer. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't had a lunar apparition in a while, so I think that was good. Wow, oh my god, you didn't. That was exactly the exact same joke that I made before. I think she just didn't yeah, get I it did. before. Yeah, I did. I just stole it. I just stole it. <laughs>